Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. Today I want to start with a series called Stones. And, and I want to start out with a true story that, that happened to a couple of my friends about 25 years ago. About 25 years ago, these friends of mine took a mission trip with a bunch of young people to the island of Guam. They were going to reach out to, to people on that island, reach out to tourists, reach out to that nation. Just had such a um, heart for that. Organized this mission trip, went with a bunch of young, young people, with students. And they came there and on the first day they booked into the hotel and the two main leaders received the room number 911. And it was actually quite fun. The whole mission team made fun of them, saying, oh, yeah, you're going to have the most emergency calls to your room. And, and they had fun and laughter. Little did they know that within a day or two, they would be the ones in trouble. About exactly two days later, one of the century's worst, worst earthquakes, 8.2 on the Richter scale, hit that island straight on. It was the center of the earthquake. Now, this quake lasted about 60 seconds, but it was the most fearful, gut-wrenching minute of their lives. The leader sat in room 911, and it felt like the room was about to explode. The, the sliding glass door shattered, and the TV was bouncing from wall to wall like a ping-pong ball. And immediately what they did is they ran to the fire escape, but it was blocked. And the only thing they could do is run back to the room and stand on the balcony of the hotel with this building swinging from side to side. They were not knowing what else to do, but they stood on this balcony for a terrifying 60 seconds of their life. Probably the most terrifying 60 seconds. With each second, they felt certain that this building would collapse and them on top of the ninth floor. But just as they felt that this hotel would rip in half, the earthquake stopped. And what they did is they ran down the stairs and they ran into the street praising God, singing hymns. It was never as easy. They always say it was never as easy telling people about God as that moment, knowing that God has just saved their lives. Now, the next day they took a tour of the island to assess the damage and looked what has happened in this amazing thing. And I was shocked to see that the brand new hotel that was finished two months ago on the beachfront were ripped apart, ripped apart. Two levels of the hotel were in ruins. People were dead. I mean, it was hectic. And they found out apparently that the builders took shortcuts because they wanted to finish this hotel quicker because of high demand of tourists. You see, it looked amazing and solid when they drove past that, that hotel the first day, but the shaking of this earthquake revealed faulty workmanship. Guys cutting corners. Then suddenly these guys realized and they compared it to their hotel that they, they lived in. And they realized that, that as much as God saved their lives in this earthquake, so did the engineers who built this hotel. But particularly how they built the foundations of that hotel. It saved their lives. Now every time I think about this story, and it's a longer story, I just literally condensed it in a, in a short story. But every time I think about this story, it shakes my reality. I don't know about you. It shakes my reality, thinking not just about my physical life, what would I do if I'm in a situation like that, but also about my spiritual life. 
See, the most important thing for any person who wants to grow in their relationship with God, and that's important for all of us, we need to grow in our relationship. Otherwise, what are we doing? But the most important thing, if we want to grow in our relationship with the Lord, is to build a strong foundation. And that is what our series will, will be going about. And that's why I called it Stones. It's about strong foundations. You see, people sometimes struggle with stuff in their lives and they don't know why they're struggling with this and this. And if you go back to the foundations of their Christian life, you will find cracks. And we're so used to like, oh, that's so elementary. We're not, why do we need to go back and, and just look at how I read my Bible? But if you go back to the elementary things, you will find cracks, and the cracks determines a faulty workmanship. And that's why we need to go back, and we need to look at the basics, and we need to ask God, Lord, is my foundations in my life still intact? And see, as believers, it is essential for us to have that kind of spiritual foundation that can withstand any spiritual hurricane or earthquake. Any. It's even more critical in times that we are living in today. You see, so many, there's so many chains, there's so many uncertainty, there's so many things in our lives. We need a solid foundation in our lives. We do. And that's why I called the sermon series Stones. <laughs> Stones. And we're going to look at certain foundation stones in the next two or three, four weeks that I feel that this is an important foundation block in your life that you need to look again at. Some things that we brisk over because it's so, fun, it's, so, it's so basic. Now every engineer knows that all foundations need to be checked, even checked numbers of years after the bridge has been built, after the building has been built. Sometimes they need to go back, oh, the building is 20 years old, let's go and check the foundations again. Go, let's go make sure that this foundation is still withstanding. Earth has moved. I mean, I, all the engineers will help me know exactly what I'm talking about. But we live on, a, on, on ground that moves. Depending on where you built and how your foundation is, you always need to double-check it. Now, as Christians, we need to constantly make sure that our foundations is still strong. We need to. Now, why, may you ask? Because life is full of storms. It's full of challenges. And that we as believers will have, we will face storms in our lives. We will face challenges in your lives. Some of you are facing challenges and storms right now. Now maybe some might ask the question, and I, you know me, I always like to ask a good question because it helps us clear our mind and know where we're going. Now some of us might ask the question, but Henny, isn't God protecting us as believers? And keep us safe from storms and challenges. Isn't he? Come on. I think yes, he is. But let me explain it this way. I have a waterproof watch. Somebody gave it to me. It was a big blessing. Um, and I use it every day and I love my watch. But it's, it's got a 50 meter water resistance. And most of the watches nowadays have a water resistance on there. But if I fall into the pool, it doesn't mean that my watch will not get wet. Am I right? Absolutely, definitely, it will get wet. But because it is waterproof, the water will not destroy my watch. We all understand that. That's, that's basics. You see, there are, two, uh, there are no water-free watches, only waterproof watches. That's a basic. 
No, likewise, us as Christians, Christianity does not promise a storm-free life. No. Every life will occasionally be hit by storms, by challenges, by issues, by things you have to deal with. But Christianity promised that if we build our lives on biblical foundations, the storms of life cannot destroy you. It cannot destroy you. You might go through it, you might go through tough things, but it will not destroy you because your biblical foundations, your spiritual foundations is secure. And that's what I want to speak about. You see, we cannot have storm-free lives, but we can have storm-proof lives. I don't know about you, but I need to have a storm-proof life. You need to have a storm-proof life in your life because you are going through storms in your life. Now, to illustrate the importance of this, um, this, to have spiritual foundations, I look at a story that Jesus told at the end of the Beatitudes or the end of the Sermon on the Mount. If you go to Matthew 7 or Luke 6, and you see in all the Gospels how Jesus preached that awesome, beautiful sermon with all the truths. But he, at the end of it, he used a little parable, and the little parable looked, and this is how he ended it. He looked at a parable looking at two houses and two foundations. Two houses and two foundations. Let's read the one out of Luke. Luke 6, verse 46 to 49, and I'm reading from New Living Translation. It says the following, So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? Now, that's quite a, a tough way to start a parable. <laughs> He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what, you are, what it is like when someone comes to me, listen to my teachings, and then follow it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays a foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. When a flood sweeps down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. Now Jesus ended the Sermon on the Mount with this. This powerful story. Now to, to take you back, if you go and read the Beatitudes, go and read the Sermon on the Mount, it is amazing. It is so many truths upon truth upon truth that Jesus shares with the people. And then way at the end, he ends with this and says, but listen, I'm going to give you a mouthful of truth, but I'm going to finish with this parable. Why? You see, he basically said that if you do not have a strong foundation, you will never get the benefit of the truth that I just shared with you. If you don't have, make sure you have a strong foundation in your life, it will go in into one ear and out in the other ear. You will face a storm and you will forget all the truths that I've shared with you. Now, have you ever asked yourself why? Why would people build a house without a foundation? Just think in the natural. Why would someone build a house, a big brick Beautiful house with plants and everything without any foundation on it. It's unheard of. It's ridiculous. But why would some people spiritually do this? Because it happens. You see, in biblical times, they had, 
they didn't have a brick factory like we do nowadays. You just email and order a thousand bricks or you do this and you order that. No, no, in that time they had men that chiseled out bricks, blocks, that was bigger than our bricks today. They chiseled it out of solid, solid rock. And not just that, it was super hard to chisel this thing out brick by brick. It was even harder to get that bricks and that stones to transport it to the building site. It was tough. It was not a fun moment to build houses. It was probably some of the toughest things that they had to do in that times. And those things were heavy and strong. It was not the Egyptian kind of massive boulders. It was a bit smaller. The Romans used different techniques. The Jews used different techniques. But still they had to chisel these bricks out of the solid rock. Now, perhaps people build houses today without foundations. Now, I'm talking spiritually. Building houses without, without foundations to save time and to avoid the hard work in their lives. I just, it's too hard work. They just built the thing on the ground there. To chisel all that bricks out, to make, I mean, this, it's just too much time, too much hard work, just build the thing right there. Does it sound familiar? See, this was, this was super hard work. And why do we still anyway want to build a foundation that nobody sees and nobody looks at? You see, the things in our lives that is foundational to our spiritual foundations is things that people won't see. Nobody sees you when you read your Bible in the morning, when you pray, when you do that foundational basics that builds your relationship, that builds your character, that draws you close to God. Nobody looks in and checks in on you. Nobody. See, it's that foundation that's on the ground that nobody sees, nobody looks. Why do I need to do that when nobody anyway sees it? Maybe because a house is built on the beach, have better scenery. It's a higher social standing. Maybe that. Or maybe it's... Um, it's much easier and nicer to build it here on the sand than to high up there in the cliff. It's too much hard work. Or perhaps people you want to join is your friends that's already settled on the sandy areas. I'm following my friends. Maybe it's because we haven't heard of the possibility of violent storms in this area. And maybe... We just think, ah, oh, it's impossible for disaster to happen to me. It's impossible. There's no storms in my life. Now, whatever the reason is, there's no, if there's no foundation in our spiritual lives, we are in as much danger as a house without a foundation when a hit, storm hit. It's the same thing. See, just coming to church, listening to worship music in your car is not foundational. There's certain stones that we need to lay in our lives that make sure that when the storms hit, when we hit challenges, when we need to trust God, stand in faith, that there will be foundation that we will work from and that building that we build will be strong. Let me ask you this question. Do you know what was the fastest growing religion in Africa in the, 1900, in the 90s? The 1990s. It was not Christianity. Jehovah's Witnesses. Do you know why? 
Because that was also the era that Reinhard Bonke had one of his mo- had some of his most biggest crusades in Africa. Millions of people. There was one crusade that a million people came to Christ at once. Hundreds of thousands of people came to Christ. And, and guess what the Jehovah's Witnesses did? They just followed the crusades, and a week after the crusade, they went knocking on every door and laying foundations, their foundations. You see, it's one thing that we can get saved and we can have these moments with the Father, but we are not discipled. We are not made sure that we lay foundations in our lives, that we make sure that we grow in our relationship. The world will disciple us. The world will lay foundations in your life. Now with this, it is super important to know that we can't just lay any foundation. We can't just lay any foundation. Look what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3. I love this scripture. He says, because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now he's speaking about the foundation he laid in other, person, other people's lives. He's talking about, the, he, he is the builder. Now others, now others are building on it. But whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have. And that is Jesus. Jesus Christ. See, Paul stresses that the stones we lay, um, sorry, Paul stresses that the stones we lay, the foundation with, is essential. We need to make very sure that the stones we lay this foundation with is essential. Very essential. We need to make sure what stones we lay in our foundation, but we first need to make sure upon what we build. On what are you building your foundation? Paul says, I've built a great foundation, like an expert builder. Now other people are already building on that foundation. But I want to make sure, you need to know that there is only one foundation you can build upon, and that is Jesus. See, Jesus um, that's exactly what, what Luke 6 says in Scripture. Jesus used the example of a solid rock foundation compared to a sandy foundation. Jesus. An Amplified Bible actually said that the house stood strong because it was founded on the rock. Founded on a rock. See, Jesus said to the crowd, He said, make sure that the foundation that you build is on solid rock. Not just fluffy stuff. You see, you can't just have a foundation by going to church and going home and go to church and every week just church is my, that's how I grow. No, no. You're going to grow very slow and there's going to be no foundation because there's nothing that you build into your spiritual life. You know, there's nothing you build into your personal relationship with the Father. Now I want to ask you this question today. On what foundations... I want to ask this to each and every one of us. And it's something that you need to be honest with yourself with. On what foundations have you been building your life until now? Think about it. On what foundations have you been building your life until now? Is it your life savings? The property that you own? Is it maybe your spouse or your children? Is that the foundation you you built your life on? Maybe your own wisdom and how you get things done. Your ability to do. Or maybe it's the fun things in life. If I can just have that, that's the only foundation I need. I just want to have fun. That's more for the students. (laughs) 
But there's only one foundation, only one, that is suitable for everyone on earth. L- listen to the scriptures, two scriptures. 1 Peter 2 verse 4 to 5 says, You are coming to Christ who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you are the living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. God is the corner, Jesus, the cornerstone. And he's speaking about the church that he's building. And he says, you are the living stones that I'm building the church with. But the living stones also need foundation. That's us. And we'll show you that right now. Look look at Isaiah 28, verse 16. says, therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and tested stone. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. I love that. That is safe to build on. Whoever believes need never be shaken. Whoever believes that you need a foundation, that what you build on is very important, you will never be shaken. You remember the story of the Tower of Pisa? How many of you have been to Europe, to the Tower of Pisa? Come on, one, two, there's a couple of you. Fantastic. I wish I, I would love to be there one day. But they built that tower, and about years into this building process, they realized that they haven't checked the surface that they built this tower on. And the surface was shif- um, shifting, and it was almost a muddy, a muddy affair that they built on. So as they built this tower, it started leaning, leaning and leaning. And they actually, I, I read the article last night as I was thinking about these things. And they actually, they, they um, projected that this tower will fall over by the year 2027, 20, <laughs> 2007, it will fall over. But way before that, in the 90s, they realized this, and they started reconstructing, reconstructing the foundations from the, from the bottom up. Millions and millions of euros cost them to reconstruct these foundations that was faulty. If they have realized on what they have built it on, they wouldn't have built that temple or that thing. You see, for us as Christians, it is super important to realize on what we build our spiritual foundation of our lives. If you build it just on church, then you're still missing a solid foundation. You see, the answer to the question on what we build is that the answer is Jesus. He's the cornerstone. We need to build on Him we need our spiritual foundations focused on Jesus. Now, so many Christians build their spiritual foundations on an amazing preacher. Woohoo! <laughs> Come on. An amazing preacher. The church is named by his name, and the church is amazing, and the revelation that they get on Sundays, that's the only foundation that they need. Some Christians focus on only one stone. I just need that one stone. That's the only foundation I need. We just need the Word, and there's nothing apart from the Word. We just need the Word. We just need mere miracles, any? No, that's the only thing the church needs. It doesn't need the Word, doesn't need this, doesn't need just. We just need miracles. Or maybe grace. We just need grace. That's the only thing church needs. That's the only thing I need to have a foundation in my life. Now, please don't get me wrong. Every of these stones, the Word, miracles, Grace, church, 
All of them are super important. It is needed for us. But the fact is that none of these foundation stones can be placed and built into our lives if we don't build it on Jesus. That's the solid foundation. That's the foundation that we need. You can see miracles. You can pray for people. You can do this. That's why Jesus said, at the end I will come back. And those of you who led people to the Christ who saw miracles, I would tell them, go away from me because I don't know you. There was no relational connect. There was no foundation in my relationship with Jesus. Because you've built your foundations on everything but Jesus. You see, all these things that I, that I just said, I love them. I love the Word. I love supernatural. I love miracles. I love seeing how God changed people's lives. I, I mean, I love church. I love worship. But none of it can happen and can build foundation in my life if I don't build my foundation on Jesus. And if I am on the solid rock of Jesus, I can place the stones of the Word into my life. I can place a stone of, of prayer and, and miracles and, and church into my life because I am on solid rock. And so many Christians come and they place the, the, the foundation stones in their lives, but they don't realize they're building on a sandy patch. It's like the Tower of Pisa. This thing is going to lean and there's going to be cracks in the foundation. And there's some of us that come to a place in our lives that we realize that I'm struggling to pray. I'm struggling to read my Bible. And I don't know why. But if you go to the, to the foundations, you will find cracks. You will find that there was no foundation. So it brings me to the first foundation block. That was just an introduction. I'm going to do a very short sermon today. The first foundation block is the following. And I'm going to speak about four foundation blocks in the next four weeks. It's the first foundation stone of your life is lordship. The lordship of Christ. The lordship of Christ. Look at Acts. Paul, Peter preaches awesome sermon. 3,000 people get saved. But he says in that, he says, So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified to be both Lord and Savior. Two things, very important. Peter says, you've crucified our God. But I want you to make sure that you know today that God has made Jesus both your Lord and your Savior. Now this is very, very important to catch. See, one of the, the central messages of the Bible is lordship. It's the lordship of Christ. Jesus is both Lord and our Savior. He's both Lord and Messiah. Jesus is referred to as Lord, Lord, 92 times in the book of Acts, 92 times, and almost 450 times in the New Testament. That's a lot. But if you look at the word Savior, it is only mentioned twice in Acts and 24 times in the New Testament. It is one of the most central themes of the New Testament as Jesus, as our Lord. It doesn't take away that He is our Savior. No, He is our Savior, but He is Lord first. See, the biblical emphasis on Jesus as Lord is overwhelming. 
overwhelming. If you go to the New Testament, it is overwhelming to see how the, the apostles, how the disciples, how the following, the Christ followers mentioned Jesus. They spoke about Lord, ruler over their lives. You see, lordship is an internal hope that manifests in an outward obedience. You need to hear that this morning. Lordship is an internal hope. I hope that my life will be fine. I hope that this is what faith is. But the internal hope turns into an outward obedience. Now it's very important. Lordship begins in our hearts. It does. It is not a set of rules and traditions. It is not. See, submitting to Christ as Lord is not following the rules and traditions of anything. It is a heart issue. It is what is in our heart. I make Jesus the center, the Lord of my life in my heart. First. First. It's an internal hope that manifests into an outwards obedience. Why do I want to be obedient to the word? Because there is a hope in my heart that Christ is my king. There's a hope that brings faith into my life. I don't have to be obedient. I want to be obedient to the Word. That's the difference between grace and religion. Religion says, you have to. Grace says, I want to. Big difference. You see, if we miss that, you will always stay in religion that says, you have to do that. Otherwise, you will go to hell. Grace says, I want to do it because there is everlasting life and freedom in Christ my Lord. Does it make sense? There's an old story, and I, I love telling this joke, but I want to I almost end with this. It's a story of a, of, a, of a big ship on the ocean in the middle of the night. And the captain of this ship was standing on a bridge. You see the picture? And in that days, they had single signal men with lights. And, um, and radio works, and they can do both. And they saw a dim little light coming straight at them. And the captain said to the signalman, signal that says, please turn 10 degrees south. And immediately the answer came back, you turn 10 degrees north. And the captain is like, what is up? Send a message again, says, this is the captain. You turn 10 degrees south. And immediately... Um, the message came back said, This is seaman, seaman, third class Sam. You turn 10 degrees north. And I mean, he is, by this time, the captain is furious. He said, Send this message. He says, This is the USS so and so battleship. I am the captain. You turn 10 degrees south. And the voice came back definitely, immediately the signal came back said, This is seaman, third class Sam. I am the lighthouse. You turn 10 degrees north. <laughs> now in the midst of uncertain times, come on, we live in uncertain times. Unfortunately, that's where we are at at the moment. But in the midst of uncertain times, all sorts of voices are shouting orders into the night. Telling us what to do, how to do it, how to adjust your life, what to do in your life, do this, turn left, turn right, do this. 
But in the storms and in darkness we're facing, only one voice signals something quite the opposite. Quite the opposite of the rest. See, this voice happens to be the light of the world. And if we ignore this light, if we ignore this voice, it will alter the direction of our lives. If you don't build on this foundation, you will be on a sandy patch and your spiritual life will start to topple. As soon as the pressures and challenges and the things in your life become too much, then you will start toppling because you are building an unsure foundation. But if you're on the solid rock, the Lordship and say, Lord, I proclaim you as the Lord of my life, then you will be secure. Listen to Romans 10.9, very, very well-known scripture. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. See, most people can declare Lord with their mouths, but nothing happens in their hearts. I always say to the, to, I, I worked with rugby guys for a long time and they used to physical contact. And I said, if somebody on the field comes to you and slap you through the face and then jogs away and laughs, <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> would you believe them? I said, absolutely not. But if, if it's accident, accident, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, would you believe them? Yes, because you can see in his heart that he means what he's saying. And that's exactly what Paul says. If you declare with your mouth, you also need to declare and believe with your heart. Otherwise, you are faking and fooling yourself. Make sure you are on a solid foundation proclaiming, confessing Jesus as your Lord. Because if you are on a solid foundation, digging deep out of that rock, making effort to wake up early, read your Bible, pray, then you will lay some foundation stones in your life that nothing can shake. And that's what we need to know. We need to realize. See, Lordship says the following. He cannot be Lord at all if He is not Lord of all. He cannot be Lord at all if He is not Lord of everything in your life. Everything. It's like a husband coming to his wife or a wife coming to his husband, her husband telling your spouse, like, I am 90% faithful to you. <laughs> I mean, that is ridiculous. I mean, sorry, you are not faithful. No, but I'm 90% faithful. No, you are not faithful. See, that's what people come when it comes to lordship. That says, but I have 90% lordship, Lord. Sorry, you don't have lordship. But I read my Bible, I pray, I go to church, I just, but, but you still do this and this and this, and there's gaps in your life that cracks your foundation. It's like having a house with 10 rooms. And Jesus comes to visit and he says, welcome, Lord, so good to have you. I love you being at my house. You can go to any place in my house except that one room in the back corner. That's my room. Okay, don't go there. I'm keeping it shut. Only I can go in there. It's ridiculous, isn't it? But that's what we do. Lord, you Lord of my life, I love you. But don't take my internet behavior away from me. <laughs> Don't take what I watch on TV or my movies or my music. Don't go to that thing because please don't take that away from me. And Jesus will probably come to you and say, okay, but you know it's killing you spiritually. 
You know it's cracking your foundation. See, and that is what lordship is. There is still grace for you. He loves you. But if lordship is not a 100% deal, then you are faking it as you go along. This was probably one of my biggest wake-up calls as a young man, knowing that I love Lord, I go to church, I baptized, I'm this, and I mean, I go on missions, I do Bible school, and I am on fire for Jesus, but there is that one thing, that one thing that I'm still struggling with, that one thing that keep, keeps me away from the true intimacy that the Father have with me. And when I realized that, I mean, I was going after that thing with everything in my life. I sat with friend after mentor after mentor and said, man, I need to be transparent. You need to keep me accountable. But this thing is killing me. And as soon as I started opening that door to Jesus in that room and said, Father, everywhere in my house, in my life, you are welcome. He cannot be Lord at all if He is not Lord of all. Everything in your life. You see, Jesus gave up His divinity. He laid down His royalty. He physically died and gave His life. For what? For us. For us. And after that, God gave Jesus the name above every other name. Every other name. And that's why we today stand in a place of lordship that says, Lord, I'm giving you everything. On this foundation, I want to build my house. I want to build my foundation in my life. I don't want to stand in a sandy patch building foundation blocks that will shift. I want to make sure I am on solid rock. On solid rock, foundational truth on the lordship of Christ. You see, what are we willing to offer up, to lay down, or to give up, or to open that door to serve Him wholeheartedly? What are we willing? You see, we need to get into a place where we realize that is everything in my life set secure? Is all my foundations checked out? Is there things that still I feel is cracks in my foundation? That's why we're doing this. Because I really feel that we are in a time and season of our lives and the season of the church. We can't play games anymore. We can't fool around anymore. People are dying all over the world and we serve a king who died for every sickness, every disease in this world. Why am I still fearing? Because I need to go back to my foundational truth of saying who Jesus is. What is the truth of the power of the King of Kings? And when I worship Him, it's not just a religious thing. It is a true re relationship with the Father who gave us everything so that we can walk as sons and royalty in this life. Exactly what I spoke about last week. We are like babies with AK-47. Playing with it. Don't know how it is and what's happening. God is upgrading us. said, I want you to stand up in power. This is the time. It's like Sumri said this morning. The church worldwide are asleep. And it's time for the church to awake. How do we do it? Let's go back to the basics. Father, why do we do this? Why do we love you? Why do we sit in church? 
Is it just a religious thing in our hearts? Or is this a true relationship with the King of Kings that we want to come to church on Sundays where we experience life and freedom and fellowship and people that I can look into the eye, look into their eyes, that they can keep me accountable, that they can see that I'm transparent with my life and make sure that God builds into me and that I'm on the right foundation. Am I speaking to someone today? I know it's a heavy sermon to start with, but I need to lay the truth out before we start with this in the next few weeks. Because next week, I want to speak about the power of the Word in your life. And it's something that's very dear to my heart because God has challenged me. And I want to go into my sermon of next week. Don't worry. But God has challenged me in the last two months to get into the Word. I need to make sure that I do everything to follow my king. Not because I'm a pastor and this is my badge and now you have to do it. Absolutely not. When I read my Bible in the mornings, I'm not reading the Bible as a pastor. I'm reading the Bible as a son of God, as a Christian that loves him. I want to challenge you this morning and lovingly challenge every one of us to this week go and look. Said, Lord, how is my foundations? What am I building my life upon? And if I'm sure that my life is built on a solid foundation, amen, then we need to put more foundation stones in there. But if I feel that my foundation is wonky, I don't know if that's the right word, then we need to make sure that we pull people into our lives. We have conversations, we have accountability in our lives that helps us to make sure that there's lordship in our lives. That's lordship. And I know this is a heavy, heavy topic. It, we, I can go on and on about lordship, but I wanted to leave that with you. And I want to start out with this. So I'm gonna, it's going to feel like we're hanging in the air, but we're going to continue next week. Amen? Let's pray together. I want you to stand with me. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstalenbosch.co.za.